I'm Richard Fribert. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 155 for the weekend starting 7 October 2015. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, we chat about the ICT policy white paper. Also this week, what's on at Rage, where we are right now. New Google phones, FMB's new banking app, and Blue Label buying into Celsi. Let's get the show on the road. Welcome to Rage, Rick. Welcome to the noise, Duncan. Yeah, it's, uh, what a crazy affair this is. It is. It's, uh, it's the biggest rage I've ever seen. Um, for those who don't know, it's a big uh, annual, um, what do you call it, video gaming Jamie. and general consumer technology exhibition on at the Dome, organized by New Age Gaming magazine. Yeah, the New Age Gaming guys. And, and uh, it's pretty impressive, but we're going to talk about it just now. Yes, um, yes. Before we, uh, before we uh, get there, let's, uh, let's do our quiz. Rachel, do you want to ask the first question this week? Yeah, definitely. Question number one. How much unlicensed high-demand spectrum does government want to serve for new whole, wholesale open access network? Second question. Two SABC board members resigned in Parliament this week. Who were they? The third question. Blue Lab is acquiring 45% of Cell C. How much is it going to be paying for the stake? Then the fourth question related to that, which JSE listed company is helping Blue Label fund the acquisition? And this company will take a 15% stake in Blue Label following the deal. And the last question, Shamak was launched in which African country this week? Great, well uh, we'll get to those uh, at the end of uh, the show, but um, for now let's let's, uh, let's get on with the show and we're at Rage, uh, as you can probably tell by all the noise in the background. Um, we hope you can hear this podcast clearly because there's a lot of shouting and stuff going on around us. But um, we thought we'd record from here this week because it is uh, it is a big event nowadays in the in the yeah. tech calendar. Yeah. Yeah. And an impressive show this week. Uh, Richard, you got to be here a bit earlier than I did, and you've had a chance to walk around. There, we both had a walk around. Yes, yes. Uh, what, what are your uh, what are your thoughts of the show this year? So let me let me preface this by saying I, I do come here every year. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of the show. I love the culture. And I love what you know the gaming guys and and kind of the the cosplayers and the board gamers. It's, it's always good to see what these guys are showcasing, what's next and what's new. Yeah. Even though I've kind of lost my knack for the kind of the hardcore, the, the graphics cards, I'm not chasing that kind of stuff anymore. So sure. not, not yet to get those deals, if you know what I'm saying. But it's too damn expensive. Too damn expensive, <laughs> yes. But, but one of the things I did notice this year, I mean, obviously accessories, is a lot more accessories, a lot of audio stuff. Mm. But the virtual reality, I mean, I'm impressed yeah. to see so many... And, and, and virtual reality rigs being set up by the, the, the computer manufacturers, so they're demoing their technology, not, not the likes of the, the virtual reality guys bring their own headsets in. Yes. So it really is a showcase of the technology. And then let's not forget the games. I mean, this is where all the latest games get uh, yeah. previewed and announced and, uh, and, and launched, and obviously people get lots of hands-on time with a lot of the games that you can't uh, yeah. play until next year, which, yeah. which yeah. is a lot of fun. And tons of games here, of course. And, uh uh, as you were saying earlier while we were walking around, Rechot, uh, one thing about this show is that, uh, that compared to other shows, is that um, it's a great retail experience as well. You can actually buy a lot of stands are selling stuff, yeah. and often at discounts, so you can get cheap games, you can get, uh, you can, uh, you can get hands-on time with the latest stuff, and you can find out about um, retailers, or many of them online, that uh, perhaps you haven't even heard of before. Exactly. I mean, the computer, the computer component industry is still very well alive and clicking. A lot of guys buying accessories, upgrading their graphics cards, their CPUs, their memory, and, and there's a lot of good specials here, and, and mm. very few shows still get this right, or, or kind of expos, where 
one of the reasons you come here is to get those good deals that you can't get uh, in, a, in an average retail experience. I haven't seen any of the prices yet, but uh, the way the guys have been shopping in the yeah. first what, two hours of the show being open, yes. uh, I'm sure there's some good prices on the floor. Oh, indeed, yeah. I see lots of people walking around with uh, shopping bags. But um, we're here on a, fr on a Friday morning. And uh, I was expecting to walk in here and find this place pretty quiet, but it was almost impossible to find parking here. I had to park on the other side of the Northgate Shopping Centre. It is unbelievable. And um, I actually don't want to be here tomorrow, I suspect, because this place is going to be absolute it, chaos. It is going to be heaving. It is going to if be it's, heaving. If it's this busy on a Friday, on a work day, you just imagine what's going to happen for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, again, it just shows you how strong this, this industry is. I mean, the gaming, yeah. the gaming, the cosplay... Board games is another, I mean, if you walk around Rage, you'll find a lot of board game uh, retailers also. Mm. And people playing board games too. I mean, it's not something I've been uh, doing a lot of, but if you walk around, you actually you actually want to get into that kind of thing. So, yeah. nice to see all the new stuff in the industry. Yeah, indeed, indeed. If I didn't have to rush off after recording this podcast, I'd definitely stick around for a few hours. I was interested to see, by the way, Rafat, that the, uh, the, the, the LAN, which is obviously a big component, has been a big component of Rage for many years, has expanded to such an extent now that it uh, not only is on the show floor, but it's also wrapping, wrapping around uh, upstairs as well. On the mezzanine level, yeah. I mean, there's, I, don't, I haven't been able to speak to the organizer to get the numbers, but I would guesstimate they probably want 2,800 roughly because wow. I can't really expand too much more on the, the records they've been hitting in terms of the number of LAN attendees yes. obviously power issues creativity I mean they can only accommodate so many yeah. extra people in, in the space but um, yeah LAN gaming when did you connect your computer to a LAN and oh, play games I don't think I've done that in 15 years uh, we used to do it at home and mates would come over and we'd We'd actually spend the whole weekend just trying to get the network to work. Yes, yes. And then troubleshooting. Just as the weekend was finishing the games, we'd actually get it to work. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> but that oh, was half the fun. Right? But then we got the internet, and now you're able to play yeah. you know, across the internet to a lot of, you know, to anybody around the world. But if you walk around the land section, which uh, you probably won't get a chance to, but just the way the guys, these guys rig their machines, everybody's got a unique case, unique wallpaper, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the little lucky charm. I mean, these guys are professional amateur competitors in yes. land gaming it is right. incredible it's amazing yeah i'd hate to take on any of them because i'd be dead in a second <laughs> but uh, interesting to see uh telecom sponsorship here uh, they're going they're spending a lot of money at this exhibition and in fact i see they're sponsoring or they've got a big uh, section here where they're having competitive uh, gaming with a million rand in cash up for grabs yeah the telecom do gaming league i mean that is also one of the bigger gaming leagues in the country and if you look at the stand they've built i mean each of the teams on an enclosed little booth so None of the noise really penetrates uh, their headphones and they uh, then get distracted. Yes. But um, yeah, a million rand uh, for gaming. Who would have thought that a few years ago? <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's, um, it's an interesting show. If you can uh, tolerate the crowds this weekend, uh, I strongly recommend uh, coming to have a look. Um, if, uh, if pushing your way through crowds of people is not your thing, then uh, it's probably not for you. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Anyway, um, we need, there's plenty else to talk about in the in, uh, tech news this week, so let's, uh, let's move on with it, Rashad. And the, the big story, without a doubt, this week is uh, the release uh, earlier this week on Monday, gazetting on Monday, of the Integrated National ICT Policy White Paper. And uh, what a controversial document it has turned out to be. Yeah. We've been waiting for this for years, right? Um, and uh, first, let's say that there's some, there's some great uh, sections in this document, like the chapter on... Uh, on, on the rapid deployment of infrastructure um, guidelines. The, the industry has been waiting for this for years. It basically it takes away a lot of the red tape that telecommunications operators, like fiber providers and guys who want to put up high sites have faced in terms of going to, you know, getting 
just regulatory approvals, municipal approvals to deploy their networks. That chapter is brilliant. It's going to make it much easier for, for companies to roll out their infrastructure. But there are also big problems with the white paper. And the big biggest problem, and there's two big problems and they're related. And it's the government's plan to build an open access, wholesale, they call it a wholesale open access uh, network or WOAN. Uh, now, the problem isn't so much that they want to do this, but the way they want to do this. And this comes down to the way they want to reserve spectrum for this, for this WOAN. Now, they say, the telecommunications minister, Siobhan Twele, says that they're modeling this on what Mexico has done and what Rwanda have, has done. Uh, and, and neither of those countries has been doing this for particularly long. In fact, Mexico is still in the throes of doing the licensing for this thing, so I'm not quite sure what we're going to be learning from them. But the government has taken a very controversial decision in that they've decided to reserve all unlicensed high-demand spectrum, which is the definition of that is spectrum that for which there's more demand than supply. So all 4G LTE spectrum will fall into that, 700 megahertz, 800 megahertz, and 2.6 gigahertz bands. All of this will be reserved for open access, for this open access network. None of it will be made available for exclusive use by the mobile operators. And these mobile operators are desperate for the spectrum. So they've basically been told, if you want access to the spectrum, you're going to have to participate as a shareholder in this wholesale open access network. In effect, what the government is doing is creating an infrastructure monopoly um, and giving exclusive spectrum rights to this new monopoly. Uh, and, say, and saying, uh, if you want to participate, if, if you need, if you want to get access to Spectrum, which these big operators absolutely have to get their lifeblood, then you have to be involved in this uh, network operator. Now, the, the, the big operators are saying, we don't want to do this. They've, um, they were very clearly in favour of uh, ECASA's Spectrum auction, which would have auctioned off the Spectrum on an exclusive use basis. And I've written a couple of um, opinion pieces, columns on this already, but um, it's, this is a disaster. The, the problem is, is not so much that the government wants to do this experiment with this wholesale open access network, and it is an experiment, it's untested, anywhere in the world. Um, the, the problem is they want to reserve all of the spectrum, but it gets even worse. What they've said now in, the doc, in this document is that they want the regulator to investigate the possibility of taking back the spectrum that's already been allocated to the operator. So they're 2G, 3G and 4G spectrum. The government now says, well, let's take that back too, because it's also high demand spectrum. Make it available for open access. That's basically not good. <laughs> basically, this is, I mean, this industry has been very successful. You can, you can argue that the, the prices are too high, that, that, that Vodacom and MTN particularly have taken too long to cut data prices, took too long to cut voice prices. Um, but you can't argue with the fact that these companies have been hugely successful in rolling out infrastructure to every corner of this country. Sure, not broadband infrastructure in the rural areas yet. Uh, because they haven't really had the spectrum to do that, especially the the digital dividend spectrum. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, it's estimated that about 80% of South Africans have a phone, and that's been done by these mobile operators. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to do now? You want to take away their spectrum, not give them any more spectrum, which they need to expand these networks and actually take that broadband coverage into the rural areas. The guys with the balance sheets to be able to do this. And you want to bring in an untested model and force it on the industry and potentially break the break the, the, the this model which has proved very successful. 
Yeah, I mean, I would have thought you would think of it, look at an evolution of the, the existing models which work and not take up an untested, exactly. like you said. And that is, that is, if that breaks, it's going to break horrendously bad for everybody and uh, it could set us back yeah. many, many years. It, it, might, it might work, who knows, it might work. But you don't take a risk like that. If you want, if you want to test the concept of a wholesale open access network, then give that network some of the spectrum, like Icasa was proposing to do in the spectrum, which yes. is through, through the reserved lot A of spectrum. Don't, don't reserve it all for the operator. Don't reserve it all for this, this idea of open access. Give, give the spectrum, the exclusive use spectrum, a reasonable amount of it to the operators that need it. Reserve some for the... Um, reserve some for, the, for, for an open access model and then run an experiment. Maybe build a network in rural KwaZulu using that open access spectrum, maybe with some government funding, maybe with the participation of the private sector on a public-private partnership of some sort, and do a test. Maybe do it in the Eastern Cape as well. Maybe do it, yeah. have a couple of them around yeah. the country on a regional basis where you don't commit tens of billions of rand to something that might fail. And then if it works, expand it nationally. Yes. But don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, threaten the, an industry that's been very successful, and you know, and 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 literally put put the industry at risk. Um, I mean, the only the only good thing I can see in this is that that, that this this white paper is so ridiculous when it comes to this subject that the courts are going to throw it out, and of course the operators are going to take this to court. Yeah, no, they will. They're not going to let this lying, take this lying down. And they'll take it to the constitutional court if they have to. I mean, if they try and take away their spectrum assets, which they've spent tens of billions of rent in building networks around, there's, there's no way that's going to pass constitutional yeah. muster. Yeah, no, I but, agree. Um, it, this, that section in, in, the, um, in, in, the, in the white paper is, um, is hugely problematic. It's unfortunately very populist. And it's the sort of thing I would have expected the Venezuelan or Zimbabwean government to come up with, not the South African government. Do you think there's somebody that stands again from this, or is it just somebody that really didn't know, didn't didn't understand how to do this kind of thing to, to be able to put the right uh, suggestions forward? You never right know. Thing. I mean, you never know. There's so much corruption going on, and you, you never know with you know what's going on behind the scenes. But my gut feel is it's it's ideologically driven. Um, I, I get the impression that, that uh, the government really doesn't like MTN and Vodacom and they want to punish them. Um, uh, they've, they've been too successful. I think they're, uh, um, you know, I, 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 I really do think that there's a desire to punish these companies. Um, and it's deeply concerning. But uh, anyway, the story's going to unfold yeah. in the coming weeks. I, I, I hear, I haven't confirmed, but I hear that uh, there's, a, there's an attempt for a coordinated industry response rather than a, a, a sort of a piecemeal approach by each operator or each company that's opposed to this. So uh, I understand that, that there's, there's a move afoot to have a co coordinated, very very public, very, um, uh, what's the word, very um, uh, inclusive um, response to this, uh, to, try and, to try and knock it out of the park before it well, actually becomes final policy. That's the only silver lining to this cloud is we're going to get an industry that probably work better together in response to this. So, yeah, let's, let's take that one as a good thing. And this industry ha hasn't uh, been very good at working together in the past, so yeah, yeah. Um, be interested to see if they do actually pull it off. But um, no matter what happens here, I, I, I see these guys going to court. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope it doesn't get uh, in too bad for us. Anyway, um, let's move on to stuff that's a bit more positive. 
Um, did you watch the Google keynote this week? Right? I didn't. I missed it. I was out working every night this week, oh, well, yeah, so okay. I kind of missed it. But um, I, well, I, I read I up the opportunity to watch it, and um, I think I have seen my next phone. Oh, really? Oh, Everybody's been uh, kind of raving about it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's this clearly is Google taking on Apple to head on for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, the phones even look a little bit like the iPhone in a way. And the two versions, you know, the normal and the yeah. XL. I mean, so there's a five-inch model and a 5.5. That's my only difficulty with this, actually. I like the, I like the 5.2-inch size. That's my perfect size. So I'm not sure whether I'd get the 5.5 or the 5. Um, I think I may end up going for the slightly smaller model. Uh, because I think the 5.5 may be a little unmanageable, but but I, I, actually I think the 5.5 may not be as big as the iPhone I don't, no, 7 be, Plus. Yeah, yeah. The bezel's not as big, but it's, it's still a bezel, but it's not as big. They're good-looking phones. They're not. They're not. I mean, they're not thrilling. They don't. They don't, they don't stand out like like say a Samsung Galaxy S7 would stand out. Um, but but they but they Google's phones. They Google phones. They're kind of the 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 ones that you would you know, the the, uh, the benchmark of the Android phone. And yeah. I always liked it about the. You know, the in-house, but yes. they've also rebranded from Nexus to Pixel now, so they have. Um, I like that. It's very clean, very neat, but a good-looking phone, like you said. So they're going to be the first phones running Android 7.1, Nougat, uh, and of course, well, as the Americans discover, uh, have discovered uh, the, uh, in the last couple of weeks, pronounce it Nougat. Nougat, I oh, know. Did you know that? No. Nougat, I was horrified. <laughs> no, please, let's not. Let's not adapt that uh, convention. No, no. Um, so, um, the lovely looking phones, very highly spec. The latest Qualcomm Snapdragon processors, 4 gigabytes of RAM, um, a very high resolution screen on the big one, a 1080p display on the, uh, on the smaller model, which is fine for a 5-inch device. Um, but, but lovely devices. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, you're an iPhone man. Would you consider switching to the Android world with one of these? Look, I mean, as an as a, as a iPhone user, there's more to the, to, to, to the iPhone than the design or just the operating system. I think it's a combination of both. What they've, what they've clearly done here is get the design kind of, uh, get the design style yeah. right according to what most people really like. Yes. The operating system to me is going to be the thing that really makes or breaks it. For, for me as a user yeah. to want to upgrade. I yeah. mean, I know it's great and I love using it, but in my opinion, iOS is just such, a, such so much stronger. I mean, the application that you can get is still, you know, they, they still have this veneer to them that I don't often find with, with Equivalent Google apps. Okay. Um, I don't know. I would love to see them. I'd love to play with them. And, yeah, and, yeah. See. But um, this is the first phone, as I understand it, that's got this um, intelligent assistant built into it. Um, have you been using Google Allo, by the way? Yes. Um, so it's the same, yes. the same basic assistant, as I understand it. Uh, and uh, it, it effectively, I think, replaces Google Now. Um, okay. The idea is that this, this becomes your, your digital assistant and will help you out with everything you need, pretty much like Google Now is meant to do now. Uh, but with more artificial intelligence built into it. I mean, they've obviously got access to all the best algorithms and data because you know they can optimize it for their devices. Um, so again, I guess it's more taking on Siri as a as an intelligent assistant. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, still doesn't have a name, as far as I know. Uh, I think it's just called the Google Assistant. Hmm. But um, any, any word on when we'll get this in South Africa? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, I'm not even sure when they're launching overseas. I think in a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. But I'd imagine that uh, you'd be able to get them on the Orange online store first before oh, you get them elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to be cheap. Eh? Similar pricing to the iPhone. Uh, so this is no longer a case of the old Nexus devices where you could actually get a real bargain. Yes, uh, these yes. are high-end phones with high-end components and, uh, and you can expect to pay iPhone prices for them. 
that'll, that'll mean probably do well because <laughs> more expensive things are people tend to yes, you know, that's true. To it, so. That's true. Yeah. So the high-end model, I think uh, the uh, one twenty-eight gigabytes. 5.5-inch uh, model is going to fetch. I stand to be corrected, but I think $769. Which um, will work out probably about 14 grand. Yeah. yeah. So not, not quite as expensive as the 256 gig iPhone 7 oh, yes. Plus, but uh, but, but uh, not far behind. Mm. But uh, fantastic looking phones. I can't wait to get one in my hands and try it. I, I've decided I'm going this route. I, I'm so tired of waiting. I, I love Android. I'm, I'm, I'm a committed Android user, but uh, I'm really tired of waiting for the for the operator or the, the, the handset makers first of all to develop the updates and to send them through and then for the operator to approve them. Yeah, exactly. I mean you can you can get streamlined updates and then that's kind of really the most important for us early adopters. So yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah, let's get our hands on that. Indeed. Anyway, at that point I think we need to take an ad break. Um, Rechart will be right back after this. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Beef, please. Chicken or beef? Chicken. There are so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to Business Class Fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Well, welcome back to the show and welcome back to Rage. To the noisy Rage. The noisy Rage. It's getting louder. I think this place is getting packed. Uh, there are so many interesting looking people walking around. There are indeed. If you want to see what cosplay is all about and see how people dress up as their favorite uh, animation, gaming, or, or any other pop culture character, yes. this is definitely the place to go. The quality of the, the costume, so to speak, yes. is, far, is, is far spirit than anything else I've seen in previous years. And uh, if you follow kind of what happens overseas at E3 and these kind of things, very much on par with, with what you've seen online. Looks a bit like Comic-Con, actually, right? Oh, yes, yes. That's yes. um, no, pretty cool. In fact, walking, I had to, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I had to walk all the way from uh, the other side of the Northgate shopping centre and walk through the, through the parking lot to get here. And uh, some of the characters wandering around really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody loves it, loves it. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic show. So, if you do get a chance to come through. But uh, let's get on with the week's news. And um, you're an FB client like me, aren't you? No, no, I'm actually not with FB. Oh, you're with uh, Nedbank. Nedbank, 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 that's right. So, FB's launched a new app this week. And um, it's actually uh, one, of the, um, one of the more exciting app updates I've seen from the bank in quite a while. Mainly because it introduces tap and go payments finally. Uh, only working nice. with Android for now. There's nice. no word yet on when this is coming to the iPhone because apparently there has to be integration with Apple Pay. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's, it's available on the iPhone. Oh, sorry, on, on Android devices, um, provided your phone supports NFC. NFC yeah. And you can now walk up to a supported point of sale. I haven't seen one yet. I've been looking out for them. Uh, and you can just tap to make a payment of up to 200 Rand. Um, that's the industry standard figure maximum set by yeah. the Payments Association of South Africa. Uh, and it'll be increased sometime next year to 500 Rand. So that, that'll cover most purchases. 
That is very cool. And so I'm going to use my phone to pay. <laughs> I hate taking my 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 uh, my uh, your card out, your my wallet, card out card, my yeah, wallet, yeah. putting it in a machine where it can be compromised, typing my PIN code while it's while it's being watched by the person standing next to me. Um, tap and go. It's fantastic. And uh, as far as I know, it's the first bank in South Africa to to launch that functionality inside the app. Um, as I say, I haven't had a chance to test it yet, but I believe it's as simple as tapping your phone. Uh, you don't even have to open the app apparently. You just tap, tap your phone against the point of sale nice. and it pops up on the screen and you click OK. I've seen some terminals around, not tap and go, but there's uh, you know some other contactless payment terminals and I'm, I'm wondering if they have to roll out the entire new you know, kit to all these stores to enable this or if the existing kit that they would have rolled out kind of has this embedded already so it's just a matter of switching it on. I think it's, a, I think it's probably a combination of both. Um, they, they, they say they're going to roll out to most of their point of sale devices by the end of this year, so it's a very aggressive oh, wow. rollout. Quite, quite I, I stand to be corrected here, but I think the figure that they said they're on now is 40,000 point of sale devices around the country. Sure. So it's quite meaningful already, um, but I think they've got a lot more to go. And you need to be an FNB client to make use of this, you obviously. Do. I mean, I can't tap and pay like, I, well, I can't pay with the, because you know, normally with your card, you can pay on any terminal. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is obviously locked in. They've already got, they've already got uh, tap and pay uh, NFC built into, into the, all their new debit credit cards that they issue. Um, I think all the banks are doing it actually. I don't know yeah, if your yeah. bank cards are. I don't are think so. I know Standard Bank does that. Yeah. Uh, FMB obviously does it. Yeah. They've got a little, um, I don't know what you call the logo. I think it's some industry standard logo. Yeah, the little but, um, it's a Wi Fi looking logo. Wi Fi looking logo. And apparently, and I haven't done it with my card, but apparently you just touch it, tap it on the point of sale, and that works as well. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to using my phone. Um, you know, it's actually getting to the point where you don't have to take your wallet with you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. And it's on, how many times do you make these small purchases? We never carry cash anymore. Yeah. I never carry cash because I don't want coins in my pocket all the time. And, and the bank actively disincentivizes you from yeah. drawing cash. Yeah. Um, in fact, they, they start to penalize you. Uh, with my bank, they penalize you if you withdraw more than four times a month, I think it is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, cash, cash is, I mean, we've had this conversation many times before. Yeah. Um, and this is just a, another, another way of, or, or another reason, or yeah. another reason we see cash is going, uh, going out the window. Mm. So no doubt the other banks are going to do the same, and I think that's a welcome move. But they've also introduced, um, they've also introduced uh, fingerprint um, authentication in the app as well. So you no longer have to type in your password when you launch the app; nice, you just use your nice. fingerprint, uh, which is fantastic as well. It saves a lot of time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, well done to FNB. That's some uh, great innovation coming out of there, out of them in their in their new app. Um, and the last uh, item of news this week, I think, it's worth touching on is uh, is the very interesting news about Blue Label buying um, a big chunk of Cell C, um, obviously sort of uh, subject to regulatory approval, but they're announcing the terms of that uh, this week. Five and a half billion rand, uh, and they are buying 45% of Cell C as part of a restructuring that will sell C cells, cell C's debt reduced from, I think it's in the region of 18 billion rand now to about 8 billion, um, with, with the other shareholders uh, also investing equity. Uh, and a big restructuring for Cell C. But what's interesting for me is the massive impact that this deal has had on the Blue Label share price. When they first announced that deal, the, the share price was sitting at under 10 Rand a share back in December last year. Yesterday it hit over 22 Rand a share. Wow. So if you bought the share a year ago, uh, less than a year ago, 10 months ago, you would have made a 120% return. Gee, that's um, phenomenal. And the opportunities like that don't come along on the stock market all that often. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. So very interesting. I think, I think um, I was, I've been listening to some analysts talking about it and they've, they, they, they've, there's a lot of enthusiasm among investors because this is a, another entry into the telecommunications industry. And I think a lot of um, investors have become disillusioned 
over what's happened at MTN over the last year, mm. with the fine in Nigeria, issues around corporate governance. I think investors are hutful with with MTN, and they're looking for another in into the sector, and this gives it to them. So I think there's a lot of um, a lot of buying just because. Uh, institutions want to get additional exposure to the sector and buying into Blue Label gives them this exposure through sales to, to sell C. Is that the tech central market tip of the week? <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I should have put in a disclaimer. <laughs> we take no responsibility for any stock trades you might do. Yes, no, for we sure. We have said. <laughs> anyway, so um, interesting moves. I don't know if the, the blue label uh, is now overbought or whether it's going to go even higher, but um, some, some pretty pretty sharp movements. In fact, let me have a quick check of the uh, of the share price while we're here. I think it closed at about 21.75 yesterday, if I remember correctly. But uh, Blue Label today, oh, it's come back a little bit. It's sitting at uh, 21.45, but still incredible run-up o- over the last couple of days. Um, if, you, uh, if you consider that um, a year ago, if I can just bring up the chart here in Google. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah a year ago it was sitting at uh, just around 10 rand a share. So yeah, It's a beautiful curve line to see if you've got an investment there. That's oh, yes, indeed, indeed. Indeed. Unfortunately, uh, my investments in the stock market have not been really as successful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Rechel, shall we do our regular features of the week? Yes, let's do that. So, uh, if I get back to the show notes, um, yeah, our winner this week, let's let's do that straight away because uh, it's uh, directly related to uh, to Blue Label and pick this, our winner this week is is the Levy brothers, the the, the two two brothers who run who founded Blue Label Telecoms, uh, originally from Delmas on the East Rand. Uh, they've been done successfully well for themselves, uh, and uh, not hell of a nice guys, Brett and Mark. Uh, and um, they're certainly uh, generating massive amounts of shareholder value. So uh, well done to them. There are our winners this week for the for the Celsius uh, deal announced earlier the week. And our loser this week was pretty easy to pick. Actually, um, we could have actually chosen anyone at this organisation, pretty much, <laughs> certainly at board level. Um, and our loser this week is the SABC chairman Obert Maguve, who in Parliament this week. Uh, and in a following press conference, absolutely refused to resign, even though Parliament has now begun the process of getting rid of the board of the SABC in order to get rid of Chloe Motsane. Um, it's an absolute disgrace. Um, and um, this guy is going to get kicked out, but uh, you know he's, he's just hanging in there. Um, doesn't know w- when your time is up. When your time is up, your time is up. But um, he's going to be dragged out of there kicking and screaming by the looks of it. And um, his only real purpose there seems to have been to defend and promote uh, the former, now former Chief Operating Officer of the SABC, Mr. Motsuaneng, who is now General Executive of Corporate Affairs. Which, nice uh, bonus, I which is now about to become the subject of another court battle. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's go into those <laughs> Please. Anyway, it really, is, uh, it really is faulty towers over at the SABC. So, uh, Richard, uh, what's your pick this week? So, I, I got my hands in a little pies at the moment, doing a lot of uh, shooting for a lot of different companies, doing a lot of writing, doing a, a bit of everything. And it's been quite tricky to kind, kind of manage everything in a nice place. So, I've been looking around for project management apps. And I'm not sure if you've played with any of them, Duncan, but um, they range from cheap to very expensive and easy to very complicated. Now, the one that I find that kind of works well for me, and on the free package, it, it's got all the functionality that I need. It's a software, a software, a software application called Asana. Uh, yeah. You can go to asana.com, 
Um, and it's a very, it's essentially a very straightforward project management suite. But you can okay. manage teams. You can bring in people um, to actually view some of those, uh, some of those to-do lists and tasks. Okay. Um, and I find it works really well if I'm trying to manage a bunch of people to get them to do certain things at certain places at certain times. But one of the reasons why I love this particular version or this particular application over, over any of the other project management applications was the mobile app that it comes with. Oh yes. So I can, you know, just fire up my mobile app and I can manage and add and assign things without having to go to my computer. It's, it's, a, it's, it's not the most exciting piece of software if you're thinking about uh, project management applications as being exciting, um, but it's incredibly functional and uh, if, if this is a need that you've got, I would highly recommend Asana.com. Um, so do go check it out. And it's free, is it? No, it is free. So there's three versions, but there's also versions you can pay for, uh, or that, that is paid for. So if you want to unlock some of the more business features, I mean, if you're a corporate, you're going to want to go for the corp uh, for for one of the pricing tiered um, uh, packages. But like I said, I've been using it for probably about three months now, and I haven't had, and I'm, I've got people that I've, I can add onto it. There's no limitation really in terms of that. Um, uh, yeah, it's well worth well worth checking out. And uh, like I said, on the free package, you can get most of the things done you need. To. Okay, cool. All right, um, my pick this week, and uh, Rachat, you're not going to believe this, but um, <laughs> I am picking a Microsoft product that runs on Android. Uh, it is a, a launcher for Android, of all things. It's called yes. Arrow. It's been out for a, a little bit of bit of time, and I did hear about it when it first came out, but I, I didn't install it. Um, I, th I think I just expected it not to be very good. <laughs> um, but um, it's brilliant. I really love it. It's, um, so it's a launcher for Android, so it replaces the, the default... Uh, theme that your that your Android phone ships with and um, it, it's really clean uh, I like it a lot it um, it looks a bit like iOS in the in the with the icons yeah. especially when you group them into uh, what do you call it icon groups I suppose yes, yes. folders um, but it's so this is not, this is not a Windows skin for your Android phone let's get that right it's, 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 <laughs> this is not Windows phone it doesn't look like Windows phone at all um, it's, it's it, it looks like a mix between Android and iOS I would actually say um, and it's, it's really clean. I like it uh, that you can sort of flip through and it shows you people you've communicated with recently. It shows you your inbox, your tutors. It's got full integration with Office 365. So if you're nice. an Office 365 subscriber like I am, you can see the latest documents you've been working on. So often you're on the go and it's like, oh, damn, I wrote that story this morning. But I need to check what I wrote quickly. And I just click on the top story in, in, in that list. Um, it is very neat. Very it's neat. it's yeah. beautiful and clean. And, and what I like is, and I haven't, I haven't got it set up at the moment, so I can't show you here, Rachat, but um, on the app screen, you can scroll upwards and you can have multiple app screens. Oh, uh, nice. Um, instead of flipping left and right, you can flip up on the app screen, which I think is a much better way of doing it. Um, Performance-wise? No, it's fine. It's it's fine. Um, uh, I'm running it here on an HTC One M9, and uh, you know, it's a fairly high-end phone, um, but it's snappy, no problem at all. Um, the one thing that seems to have disappeared, and it may, it may just it may just be me rather than the the, the, the launcher, is the Google Search uh, widget has disappeared. Now I'm a little bit suspicious given this is a Microsoft <laughs> yeah, product. It's a Bing widget somewhere. But you can still access it through Google now by holding down the home button. Um, so that you can hold down the home button for a second, and uh, and of course all the Google oh, services yeah. pop up, and you can do a search. Um, but it's, it's really nice. But the thing I like about it as well is that uh, it brings in the Bing image of the day. And I love the Bing image of the day. Uh, I, I don't like Bing as a search engine. Um, I much prefer Google. But um, the, the Bing search, the, the image of the day on Bing is fantastic. I used to go there every day to look at it, and then you kind of forget about it after a while because you just don't use Bing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it brings in that image of the day. It's nice to have that, yeah. And it changes the wallpaper on your phone. Um, it seems to happen at around 9 o'clock every morning. And it's, it's really nice. Um, so if you feel like a change on your Android device, 
uh, go check out Microsoft Aero Launcher in the Play Store. It's pretty cool. Very, very interesting looking, yeah. Great, Rafael, should we do the quiz results? Yes, let's get into it. The okay, do you want to start it off? Yes, the first question. How much unlicensed high demand spectrum does government want to reserve for a new wholesale open access network? The answer is all of it. All of it. Scarily. Scary, yeah. <laughs> Second question. Two SABC board members resigned in Parliament this week. Who were they? Uh, it's Krish Naidu and Vusi Mavuso. Third question. Blue Label is acquiring 45% of Celsius. How much is it paying for its stake? The answer, 5.5 billion rand. Fourth question. Which JSE-listed company is helping Blue Label fund the acquisition? Uh, and this company will take a 15... Sorry, that's the acquisition of Celsius. And this company will take a 15% stake in Blue Label following the deal. And the answer is Net One UEPS Technologies. And the last question, Shomak was launched in which African country this week? The answer, Kenya. Kenya. And the interesting thing about Shomak's launching in Kenya, uh, as the noise levels go up right at the end of the show, uh, is that uh, they've introduced a cheaper tier there with mainly local content, uh, which uh, it costs about 45 rand a month. Oh, um, and what's also interesting is you can pay for it with M-Pesa. Oh, wow. You see, now that's how innovation adapts to local markets. Yes, I love it is. That's it. Anyway, that's our show. Uh, coming, coming to you live from Rage. As I say, if you don't mind crowds, it's well worth getting out here this weekend to check out the show. It's very cool. I think it's the best Rage I've seen, and I've been to quite a few. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I look forward to walking around some more. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do it. And in fact, I see my next meeting has been pushed up by an hour, so I think I might just do spend a bit of extra time here and uh, maybe do a bit I of shopping. They're not at Rage, too. Maybe that's why the meeting got pushed <laughs> Maybe, maybe, indeed. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's our show for the week. If you've got any feedback, you're always welcome to send us a mail. The email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Until next time, from Richard and myself, take care. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.